Hello, everybody, and welcome to Two Geeks and One Noob, where we gather friends of similar interests and maybe not so similar and discuss, joke, learn more about, and generally have fun with geek culture. Today, our topic is about robot movies. What do you guys think? Transformers. More, more than, than meets the eye. I love <laughs> robot movies, um, especially like Transformers. Like Those are movies that always turn my brain off and just sit down and watch. And they're just, they're fun movies, good action sequences. I'm, I'm not looking for those for to be thinking hard or any prize winning performances. I just want stupid action and robots fighting. Like that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> Absolutely. When you think about it, most robot movies don't really have these like award winning performances for the most part, even if they do have bigger name actors in them. But they're just fun movies to kind of sit around watch turn your brain off and just have a relaxing day and you're not it's not like trying to watch the batman it's like oh i missed four seconds i have no idea what's happening (laughs) (laughs) right 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 um and the fact that the the movies came from just a toy line line was just amazing because they created this whole uh not a genre but a uh a whole series off of it built a large fan base because Coming from toys into the old cartoons that some of us watched when we were kids to movies and so on, like it, it's it blew up a lot more than I think they may have expected. It's kind of the He Man effect. Like it started with a toy line and people got onto it and they're like, oh, we may actually have something here. Yeah. People actually like this and want this. Yep. And then, um, yeah, things like, like, uh, Transformers and, uh, uh, like iRobot and things like that where there's the the transforming side of things where it's just big, you know, monstrous robots going after each other. But then they go and do a little bit more AI sort of things where they take over the world like that or Terminator. Well, I I think whenever you start getting into the AI side, it's more of a cerebral... It's a thought experiment that has been turned into entertainment. Right, right. So, like Terminator is a prime example of that intersection between the two where it's a great series it's a fun series because i mean well the first three are (laughs) (laughs) um but it's a cool concept but there's really a lot of thought behind this it's it's this thought experiment of hang on what if we do create something that's smarter than ourselves yeah and then you get concepts like asimov's irobot which movie's good movie's enjoyable it hits a lot of the main points especially on the thoughtful side of things but the book goes into a bit more detail on that, and I highly recommend it as a good read for anybody. Mm. But understand, it is not going to be the singular coherent story that the movie is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, question being, uh, what are some of your guys' favorite uh, robot movies other other than Transformers? Mm. Well, we touched on Pacific Rim in a previous episode, and always enjoy a good monster fight, so that's something I always have fun with. Um even thinking about like the egg drones from the Sonic movies, I thought those were done really well. And I mean, the Sonic movies are just a marvel considering the history of gaming to movie transition. Yeah, and they're um, just fun. They're just a, yeah. a fun yeah. movie to watch. Yeah, yeah. And I would argue like with uh, Star Wars as well, just the different battle droids that they fight throughout the prequel trilogy, especially like the Droidica, oh, yeah. always <laughs> been a fun design. Um, well, that and also to hit on the Star Wars point, the fact that almost ever. Most of the droids have their own personality. Yeah. But if they're built for one purpose, then they all have the same collective personality. 
Mm-hmm. It's kind of this fun little thing to key in on. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they even like expand on some of the droid personalities in the Clone Wars TV show, uh, which I won't dive too much into, but <laughs> like being able to see some of their personalities, like you're flying a ship into the hangar and they see the enemy ship coming in and they're just like, uh oh, I'm dead. <laughs> it's just like the, these personalities and like. That was what we got to see a little bit of with Transformers, the most recent movies, being able to see some personalities with the characters, and then even with Sonny and iRobot seeing his personality and like seeing that he was able to like kind of critically think, yeah. or even K2SO's personality of like, do not resist, you were being rescued. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, kind of to touch on the the uh, iRobot, Sonny being a little bit more uh, advanced on that with he almost um having like a uh what's the word i'm looking for um a a copy of human emotion um Mm -hmm. where where it's almost bridging the uncanny valley kind of yeah where they're just like he can just he he can dream he can he almost loved his maker um called him father um and had that relationship with him um, well, even to the point of expressing anger. Right. And like being able to show various emotions, while it may not have been to the same extent as a human, being able to like get angry and be like, no, you're lying. That's not accurate. And yeah. like slamming his fist on the table. like Simulation. Yep. That's the word I was trying to think of. <laughs> but yeah, he was simulating uh, those emotions to the best of what he knew that they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or it's um, like a toddler that has an insane amount of emotion, like yeah. still trying to figure out, okay, what is this emotion? How do I handle this emotion? How does it work? And almost taking the emotion but out to play with it just to figure that out. Yeah. Wide range of actual knowledge on top of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the, the danger that can come with that as well. Mm-hmm. And yep. Yeah. Rather than, than the concept of, oh, it's a, it's mechanical. It's programmed for one thing or it's programmed for these set parameters. And then you see that in Terminator where it's, they're designed for one thing. Mm-hmm. Fighting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, they're designed for fighting. And then the one that kind of veers off of that, but still keeps fighting. Right. Like they, they're there to kill like that the particular person. The fight may change, but they're still right. fighting. Fight. Yeah. Right. Or like the, uh, very comic scene of the awkward smile in Terminator 2. (laughs) (laughs) But Um, I mean, just kind of that concept though of programmed entities is it's difficult to call them beings, mm -hmm. but programmed entities being um, sentient, being sentient, being, or even mimicking sentience like Sonny or trying to come up with their own, eh, not come up with their own, but, realizing the extent of their sentience yeah so like bicentennial man oh yeah very very different take on it and that's one to keep the tissues handy if you haven't seen it (laughs) (laughs) and not just so you can put a little boogie in it (laughs) (laughs) that that was definitely one that i used to love watching growing up because it it was number one i love robin williams um so he he did a fantastic job of of being a robot but then also transitioning into being human or the best uh possible way he could become human um the closest he he could come to being human um learning how to love and learning how to uh you know protect like his family and and stuff like that 
Yeah. Um, it definitely had a lot in it that was very enjoyable. On the transition side of that with being the, uh, or not the transition, the opposite side of that being things like Terminator and uh, uh, I'm trying to think of, oh, actually, no, sorry. The other, the, the same side of that being something like Baymax in Big Hero 6 mm-hmm. or uh, Iron Giant. Yeah. Where they yeah. they learn to protect and and even though that wasn't necessarily their original programming, like Baymax, where it was he was a, a doctor first, basically, or a nurse. Are you satisfied with your care? <laughs> <laughs> I am satisfied with my care. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um but yeah, then going into protection mode of mm-hmm. like, yeah, no, I care about yeah. Well it's it's always interesting to see how they have the um how they make that transition because it's always done a little bit differently. Like with Baymax just being the programming chip that was placed into yeah. him, changing his focus where he's not primary, he's not only medical, but he's also like got the fighting ability and then just removing the medical side of it and him going full on warrior with the mindset. And then also like looking at iron giant where he like, he crashed onto earth and that bump like threw off his programming, and so he's like just became a big friendly robot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And wasn't it something where he was actually uh, thrown, not thrown to Earth, uh, sent to Earth to destroy? Like that was his original programming was to come to Earth and just like yeah rampage. Yeah, I mean he was yeah because <laughs> yeah. he was like. Even when we saw him get angry and just go into fight mode and all of the like weapons and stuff that popped out, and it's just like, oh, he is not a friendly robot. He pretended to be friendly, but that was not the purpose. <laughs> the, the idea of the like programming going off for them surpassing their programming, yeah, has always been an interesting one. We even see it in things like an anime with Android seventeen and eighteen. Is like their focus was supposed to be defeat Goku, and they pop up like. No, teenage angst not gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Actually, now that you mentioned that, I find it interesting how a lot of the robot stories revolve around teens. Yeah. Where it's it's that coming of age for the teen, but then most of the interaction with the actual robot is kind of this. Okay, what do I do with my own programming? Yeah, or something like Alita. Battle Angel, where, where it's both in one character, it's, yeah, yeah, it's both. Where <laughs> they were a teenager trying to, well, more like a child coming to terms with what they are, yeah, and like coming into themselves of like, okay, what am I gonna do with my life now that I know what I am? Yep. Um. So it, it's yeah. When they tour with the idea of like knowing I am a robot and knowing that I have this set place in society that I don't necessarily want to be in. Mm-hmm. That's always been an interesting one too. And I think that was part of what they did with iRobot and just that idea of like, okay, I have emotions. I know how you view me, but that is not how I view myself. Right. And right. that kind of ties in with Bicentennial Man too. It was like, like they were trying to take him down to... No, you're, oh, just, you're just an appliance. You're just a robot. Yeah. Yeah. And he was fighting to become a human. Um, yeah. well, it was like that idea of the I, uh, the the robot uprising. Yeah, is something mm. that they always do. And it was like Dragon Ball Z. We see it with like seventeen and eighteen, basically wiping out all of humanity across the planet. And just like, no, this is our planet now. If you survive, 
good for you. We'll see how tomorrow goes for you. But yeah. it yep. was never this like guaranteed thing. Same thing with like Transformers. That was their whole concern. It's like, okay, sure, the Autobots seem nice, but what if the Autobots are just as bad as the Decepticons and they try to take over the planet? How do we prepare ourselves for that worst case scenario? Or Baymax flipping off from medical to ninja and it's just like, oh no, he's out here to hurt people. Or yeah. tr- uh, Terminators, like the actual uprising and taking over and it's like, Humans are still around, but they're kind of lucky that they're surviving at this point. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it does kind of bring up another point, though. Is how often do we see it where it's this collaboration between humans and robots? Where either in a mech storyline or kind of a Jarvis scenario where it's the robot is really helping. Uh, Jarvis is helping Tony control the suit. But at the same time, the suit is not Jarvis and the suit is not Tony. It's this collaboration between the two yeah and then when when jarvis ends up coming out of being an ai becomes a robot himself um where he like it's not even jarvis anymore it's vision Mm -hmm. right um which is funny because they that's the way he mentions it too he's like i'm not ultron i'm not jarvis i am something new Mm -hmm. yep and it was a, a sentience there that he had to learn who he was as well. Yeah. He was a lot quicker at it than <laughs> a lot of other robots because he's super smart. Well, but. and also, like, <laughs> at least in the movies, with having the soul stone is also, like, kind of that... Mindstone. Or Mindstone, yes, yeah. thank you. Uh, it was just a very different thought process than just a pure AI trying to figure things out, which yeah. is what Ultron was running into, is just like, okay, this is the place I was given. I'm just this robot life form but and they look down on me but i'm not okay with being where i am right yeah yep and he he had a mission and he misinterpreted it mm-hmm. so yeah and that, I guess that's another thing that's interesting is the idea of like giving the robot the mission but the way that they interpret the mission being very different yeah than what it was the, that's, uh, that's i guess tied back into like the dragon ball z when we were watching that is like Android 17 and 18 was like, okay, well, I mean, we'll kill Goku, but we're going to do the what we want to do until we find him. Right. If we find yeah. him, cool. We'll kill him and then move on with our lives. But until then, don't really care. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. So it's like it, it taking isn't... that mindset. It's like, I'll do what you told me to do, but I'll do it on my terms. Yeah. I was going to say, it's also kind of interesting to think about, like, if you give a, a robot a singular mission of do this without all the other things around it. Like it's like metadata mm-hmm. where it's like, you have to go, okay, this is the mission. And here are all the different facets of the mission that, you know, hone in on what the actual mission is. <laughs> well, and like yep. things could get thrown off too. Um, like with Terminator, for example, if the Terminator was sent back to the past to destroy someone and they get back to that timeline and this timeline was different, that person died in a car crash where they're just sitting there like with this primary objective of kill and the target that they were supposed to be focused on is gone. So what's going to happen now? Are they just going to go on a rampage and start killing everyone? Or are they just going to stand there like, where is target? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Find a new hobby. Acquiring hobby. <laughs> 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 it's just you can do whatever you want right stay on target <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. And then um, going <laughs> complete opposite way of things <laughs> is like the movie Robots, where they actually have <laughs> sentience and they, they know who they are. They, they know what they're meant for. But they li- they can live their life however they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there are certain ones that are made for dishwashing, but they can at the end, like especially at the end of the movie, they're like, okay, now I can break off those chains and be whatever I want to be. Mm-hmm. I can be an inventor. I can be a you know whatever you want to be. Yeah, it's almost like just normal human at that point. Like Pretty they much, have their yeah. job, they're eight to five, and then they go on about their life, and it's like, okay, cool. What do I do in the evening? Yeah, I don't want to just sit in that closet until it's time to wash dishes again. So, <laughs> <laughs> gotta plug in for the night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of pulling a bender. <laughs> yeah. Bender Rodriguez, nothing else. <laughs> Wasn't one of the names of the characters Bender? Well, I was thinking Futurama. Oh, okay, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. In got Futurama, it, Bender was like. Just a bending robot in his service. His purpose was bending. Yes. <laughs> and his name was Bender. All right. I knew I heard the name somewhere. <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, it's fun to see, like, what else has taken the inspiration from that robot thing, whether it be, like, Pacific Rim that we'd previously talked about with that tie-in with robots versus monsters, which who doesn't want to see something like right? that? Of course. Um, come on. Max. Yeah. Max are awesome. <laughs> then also just seeing it branch off into like TV shows, comic books, anime, video games, whatever. And just this branch was like the number of shows that have had some sort of robotic aspect added into it, even if it's just one character like tweaking themselves like Cyborg in DC. Or then we've got Frankie in One Piece and Android 17 and 18 in DBZ. It's like there's always this like the robot character and even like looking at Star Wars, for example, how often is it that the droids are some of the favorite characters? Of course. And it's yeah. like sure, looking at the sequels especially, like BB-8 everyone's like BB eight's great. BD one <laughs> is pretty funny. And then it's just like Kylo Ren is another good character, but then it's like but but BB eight <laughs> <laughs> And then you think about someone like Darth Vader, who is both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even um, uh, even Luke was some sort of both. Somewhat. Well, that idea he of had like... A, a hand. There, there's always this mindset of like, the future is robots, whether that be replacing limbs and or organs or... Yeah. Or entire whatever. bodies like entire RoboCop. Entire bodies. Like, yeah. Like the, like, the idea of robots or robotics is like kind of what a lot of people think everyone's moving, everything is moving towards. Yeah. And I think with something like RoboCop and or Alita, where they, they definitely have their, um, like if they have prosthetic limbs or with RoboCop, it was basically a prosthetic body. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so like fighting kind of who you are as, as a human and as a robot, like figuring out, which one wins over. Um, I, I like kind of that dichotomy of that, of like, yes, I'm human, but I have programming. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also like the idea of like the personality behind it as well. Cause there's like the, there's those storylines where it's like the personality of that person is so strong. It doesn't matter what you're doing to them or like what kind of robot they are or even what their programming is. They're going to be themselves. Yeah. And, or it's like they come back and they like maybe have a program of like what RoboCop is like there to fight crime, but it's always that mindset of like no, I'm going to go after the people that were after my family, and so it's still that like alternate goal behind the the robot mindset. 
So, I mean, we, we've got these categories where you have robots augmenting people, where you have robots versus people, and then you have people versus people with ro- uh, by using robots. So, I mean, stuff like Evangelion, or uh, you, we mentioned it earlier in a previous episode, um, Pacific Rim, uh, Armored Core, myriad storylines. And tying into even, like, anime like Gundam, for example, where we have these, like, pilots that the, the robots can't do anything without the pilot but they are these mass weapons that not anybody that you can't just get joe schmo off the street and have him pilot it. right like it yeah. takes legitimate skill especially things like um pacific rim where you like you have to have two that mm-hmm. like that link up right yeah that one is especially an interesting one having to like the whole neural link at mindset. least two at least two, yeah. True. Because there yeah, was the one with the three. The, the triplets. The triplets, yeah. The, the, the Wei, Wei Tang trio. Yep. Was, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Thundercloud formation. Yep, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, like that mindset of like the neural load, being able to survive it. And that was something that they kind of touched on with Gundam Wing, one of the older Gundam series, um, which I know that's not a movie, but it still ties in. Is like Iron there's... Blood Orphans was a movie and a show and a series. Iron Blood Orphans was a series. Gundam Wing, or Gundam Wing was a movie and series. Oh, okay, never mind. Sorry. Well, well, even in Gundam Wing and in Iron Blood Orphans, it was this, like, like in Gundam Wing, they had these Gundams that you... It it took a very heavy load on the pilot, and so there was only, like, three total people in the universe that could pilot these three Gundams. Mm. And so it was like they were always required to be there, and they were always working together. It's like, we don't agree. We don't have the same goals. We don't even have the same plans. But we're the only people that can do this. Yeah. And then even looking at Iron Blood Orphans, where they had this uh, surgery on their spines, where they connected to the robot through this like implant in their spine, and it was like most people die from that. Some people can get through it and survive the surgery, and it causes them to be able to react with their reactions and not a delay of okay, I react by moving this control and then the Gundam moves. Mm. It's this more like seamless, like oh bam, I need to dodge, and it's dodging as they're thinking that. Yeah, yeah, and then you get the the ones that go crazy like Doctor Octopus, robot arms. Yeah, well, uh, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the robot took over. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Um, one thing I was thinking about too was um, kind of in a more realistic thing of if this ever kind of comes across is uh, how robots and stuff can be hacked. Mm. Um, oh, so like Ghost in the Shell. Like Ghost in the Shell, uh, one I was thinking of was actually uh, uh, Bloodshot with Vin Diesel. Uh, Not seen it. So I saw it once a while ago, and it was he was basically made up of nanobots. Hmm. Like he had died, and they brought him back using nanobots. And so they hacked him, uh, altered his memory, and basically made him a weapon to... Uh, kind of like RoboCop, where it was just like, you have a mission, and you're gonna do it no matter what. Yeah, and it was almost like they shut him off to to be able to do it, you know. So it, it's just a thought of like, in this day and age, with with all the technology we have, mm-hmm. if things were able to go that far of of having uh nanites or nanites like or, or or um prosthetic limbs and stuff like that those things can be hacked that makes me think of the scene from 
uh, Kingsman Golden Circle when he uses his watch to hack into the robot arm and just starts moving it, making him hit himself. <laughs> and like, yeah. Or even Spider-Man No Way Home. When Doc oh, Ock yeah, that's true. Uh, yep. took the nanites and then Spider-Man was like, nope. <laughs> Sorry, you're you're not gonna fight me now. Yeah, because now I have control. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's true. And like, I feel like that's something that you don't really think about. And like, if we look at like Pacific Rim as an example, if someone had hacked into a Jaeger yeah. when two pilots were oh, in there and horrifying. just like started controlling it, that would be a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I mean, in that scenario, it kind of begs the question: like, would would a hacker be able to remotely control as even half of a pilot or a piloting team? Yeah, that's that's a fair point because if we're looking at it from the perspective of the the pilots, and there's not like necessarily a robotic or AI type thing running it, it's just specifically the pilots controlling it. But that also raises the question: Would you be able to somehow hack into the neural link? Which is all the more terrifying. Yeah, because then you're directly hacking into a human's brain and which causing all kinds of issues. Which <laughs> kind of brings it full, uh, full circle back to the idea of Ghost in the Shell, where the entire concept is, hang on, did this person actually commit this crime on their own, or were they being controlled by someone else who broke into them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who implanted these thoughts. Yep. That's pretty crazy thoughts. <laughs> Glad we're not there yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah thank goodness. Same. But movies are awesome that that can uh, depict Though, those kind of I things. I will say, I'm not opposed to some robotic knees and ankles so I don't pop walking up the stairs every day like I do uh, currently. Yeah. I always told my wife that I'd, I'd be, uh, <laughs> if I ever lost a limb, I would, I would put no... Or I would spare no expense to get a robotic limb. <laughs> no expense, except with IT. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, and I'm one of those guys who, who keeps a gun next to the toaster in case it makes a funny sound. <laughs> you paranoid? No. No. <laughs> uh, but this sounds like a fun time to dive into our game for this week. Those of you who listen to the Monster episode... It's a similar game where we're going to draw two different robots from a cup and just see how, uh, just kind of speculate on what that fight would be like. Yeah, yeah. Who would win? <laughs> All right, Gotta so jangle the cup a little. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Jingle, jangle. <laughs> All right. Yeah. The second one's being a little difficult with me. All right. So, our first. Matchup. We have Robocop with T Rex Zord. Oh. <laughs> well, that's definitely a Zord win there. <laughs> Robocop is good, but he ain't beating a T Rex Zord. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Team of pilots versus one guy who is cybernetically augmented. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, he could potentially come up with a plan to take out the pilot, but it would not be an easy plan. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, okay, small argument on that. If he had some kind of, like, jet boots or something like that, he could fly up and... and yeah, but it's still an armored cockpit, so it's not going to be an easy thing to get into. Of course not. I, I'd still put my money Give it to T-Rex, T-Rex so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Winner, T-Rex! So, Zord. The next round is Starscream from Transformers versus Baymax. Starscream. <laughs> Bayonet? I don't know. I don't know. Actually, I don't yeah. know. It'll actually, be really tough because, like the like the martial arts is obviously not going to do squat to Starscream. Well, I was about to say, does Baymax thing. have a roll of tape? 
Well, if they manage to control <laughs> the nanobots from Big Hero Six, then that's something that would do a serious number on Starscream. On Starscream, and like Baymax is more than capable of doing so. Yeah, and he sure. can li- what he can lift what a thousand times yeah. his uh, something like that. weight or something. Or I don't remember the exact like number. Yeah, but yeah. how much of that is taken up by his armor? Well, that it's part of him. So mm. he would probably be able to lift no, more. No, it's not. It's addition, uh, added to him. It, well, it's added to him, but it I doesn't would, augment him. I would suggest, just like an Iron Man thing, it makes him stronger. So he would probably be yeah. able to lift even okay. more. Well, because without the armor, it's just an inflatable suit on an exoskeleton. Right. So it's like the inflatable suit's not going to be able to lift a whole lot. Yeah, and his innards are made out of uh, titanium alloy or something mm. like that. Yeah. So he's he's... Fairly indestructible, yeah. but he also I will can say, be like, <laughs> Starscream would be really tough for Baymax because he transforms into a jet and like he's going to have a lot more speed than Baymax, and he's going to have the oh. firepower. I think even him. in the suit, he's going to have. Or even if Baymax were in his suit with the boosters on, Starscream would still have the speed advantage. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, like he like the jet. The maneuverability he, though might be. A little bit, uh, like that might be closer. Closer, well, yeah. But there's also the times that we've seen Starscream transform into the transformer mode, like to kind of change direction and then transform back into the jet, going right. the opposite True. direction. So yeah. it's like he has he has maneuverability. He has a lot yes. of maneuverability. He has the speed. He has the weaponry both and the cunning in jet form and with his like the weapons that he uses in like transformer form. And he's got the cunning. So like I I agree. I think I'm gonna have Starscream. to go with Starscream. Okay. I, I, I can agree. I I do have slight arguments here and there, but I I can I can definitely well, let's concede. Let's hear them. Well, I mean, not specific arguments, more just I like Baymax. So I like I like, Baymax <laughs> I like, too. I like, Star- I like him more yeah. than Starscream. I like both of them. <laughs> I like quite Baymax a bit. too. Like he's a fun character, and that's a great movie. But like Starscream is a literal robot built for war. So. Yeah. Yeah, like you, like I said, I I definitely concede to that. <laughs> uh, so on to our next uh, our next fight. Uh, ooh, this is actually a really good one. Um, Droidica versus Alita. Ooh. Droidicas are the ones that roll, right? Yeah, the, the ones the shields. Yeah, yeah. The, ooh, but they Alita aren't very is, maneuverable. That's the one thing that I'll say. Like, if they get into like a corner or a hallway with the amount of firepower that they're putting down that hallway, it would be really tough. But Alita is just so much more maneuverable. Yeah. Maneuverable and, and, and intelligent. Like Jordica's yeah. are kind of dumb. Yeah. <laughs> well, that and also doesn't Alita have, uh, can't she heat her blade? Uh, I'm trying to remember. So the blade that she took from the other character. Yeah. Um, kind of the, the roller derby type of thing or rollerball. Pardon. But yeah. It, it wasn't, him it was it was one of the other um uh was it what are they called shadow shadow warriors or something like that i don't remember i I forget what they're called but um it was the the one that had like the the full metal uh, oh yeah yeah yeah. okay yeah and and just basically had a skin face yep i remember now um so the sword that he had was um it was made out of this particular kind of metal that could cut through anything. 
That's right. I don't steals his his blade. Yeah. I don't necessarily know if it would cut through the shield. Cut through the shield because the shield can stop a lightsaber. Right. But she might be able to pass through it and then attack. Yeah, like, and that would definitely be something because that was With kind of a final trick that form. they used. Mm-hmm. Uh, they never, they didn't really demonstrate it in the movies, but in the Clone Wars TV show, like Anakin and Ahsoka would like roll or slide through the barrier and then activate the lightsaber to get it to hit the right. Jordicus. Yeah. So yeah, like she'd be able to get through the the shield pretty easily. So. As much as I love Jordica's, I definitely have to give this one to Alita. I agree. Agreed. On that one, like, I guess, why don't you guys explain a little bit more about Alita? Because that one's one I haven't had the opportunity to see. I'm going to watch it soon because our lovely host, Dan, has lent that to me. <laughs> so that is on the docket very soon. But, yeah. <laughs> and I will say that that is probably one of the most faithful anime adaptations that we've seen so far. I hope to see more like it. Yeah. And me as a... Uh, anime noob, as we've <laughs> we've established, this movie I absolutely loved. Like, I know coming from the Eternal Movie Optimist, like <laughs> that doesn't say much, but it was very well done yeah. for me. And as a move, as a former movie critic, I will point out that as a standalone film, even if you were not aware, this would be pretty, pretty, pretty highly rated. It's it's good cinematography. It's good storytelling. It's if not the pacing is a little odd. Yeah, but I think that's considering it's trying to adapt the source material mm. very well. Yeah, which it did. This is very one of well. <laughs> few movies that I don't hear negative things from people, uh, regardless of what like circle of people I'm talking to. Out of the people that have seen it, I personally have never heard anyone say anything negative about it. Everyone I know has always talked really positively about it, whether that be knowing the source material and enjoying it, or not even being familiar with it, just enjoying the movie as a whole. Or just knowing that Christopher Waltz is in it. (laughs) (laughs) That's enough to get your attention. Let's be real. He is fantastic. So So, Dan, what are some of your favorite robot movies? Because we've kind of gone around and just talking about a variety of robot movies, but what are some of your favorites? Um, I mean, definitely the Transformer movies um, as a whole definitely are on my, on the top list, um, top of the list. Um, it, it's kind of hard to say just because it, it's not a genre that I, I um, gravitate towards necessarily, but it's every time I've seen one, I've overall loved it. Like, I think iRobot is, is up on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I'm a, I'm a Disney fanatic, I, <laughs> I love Big Hero 6. Big I, Hero 6 is I would have one. to say even I, I will agree. Is, Big Hero 6 is a good one. Yeah. Like, we even have David agreeing with us on that. And he is the <laughs> anti-Disney person over here. So that alone says how good that movie is. But, like, the, the robot genre is always interesting. I will say that, like, while I've seen several robot movies, I do tend to steer more towards robot stuff in the anime world. Yeah. And more so than the movies. Like Again, I love Transformers. That's something that I've grown up with and will always watch. And then also like Big Hero 6 and whatnot. I robot. Um, but like it does seem like it tends to get my attention a little bit more so within the anime scope and video game scope for that matter mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. than movies. Like I don't n- dislike movies with robots but like it i do think the anime tends to be the one that catches my attention more yeah. um 
I was going to say, kind of going on your uh, your mention of uh, video games, just as a slight touch on video games, um, Horizon Zero Dawn is is a pretty great oh, yeah, pretty Horizon, great like, robot uh, yep. adaption. It's, it's such a good storyline, and especially with it being like the robots being the animals. Yeah. And those kind of like taking over. Um, it kind of goes on that take, Beast Wars thing too. Yeah, like, a little bit, yeah. A little bit, yeah. Uh, it's it's a different take on the robot apocalypse storyline, but it's such a good take yeah. on that. And, then, and the fact like, that there's not they're not all evil, yeah, is great. Yeah, well, and I think like something that's interesting about like the gaming realm as far as robots are concerned is like it's it can do things that you can't really do in other genres. Like mm. for example, if we look at cyberpunk. You had the ability to like customize and upgrade yourself, and you could even choose to be like a melee style where you have this like mantis upgrade where the swords are popping out of your arms, and that's how you're fighting, and then you can like bring them back in. And so, there's always this like, like the video game genre can do so much with the robots that you can't see in the movies and even anime industry. Like, the anime it get, can get closer because it's animated, and so there's not as restricted. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, even with the I remember when the first Transformers movie came out, the complaints I heard the most was how clunky the transformations looked. Mm. I was like, well, that's technically true to form yeah. from the old cartoons and stuff. Like, yep. they added that aspect of it's like, it's a lot of moving parts connecting. So, And I feel like they kind of ruined that in the later movie where they made it more of a um, nanobot kind of thing. Well, where they, it was very liquid of like, it could just well, kind of was, form. Because of that was like story driven, but even in but like still. the first Transformers movie, when you look at it, you see the first time Optimus Transformers was very slow moving, and throughout the movie, the transform seems to get quicker and quicker every time it's done. See, I think what they did in that one more so was they made it a specific, like they made it specific times where they did it slow, because they were trying to make a point mm. of like powerful robot transformer like the first time optimus does it like that is a that is a moment yeah it's a they wanted to slow it down yeah, yeah and agree. make it something that you remember whereas the other transform transformations it was like okay they're transforming but it's not as big of a moment yeah and at that point we've also seen all of them transform a couple different times so yeah. it's like yep. okay we can only see this so many times before I was like man you could have shaved like 10 minutes off of this movie just with <laughs> <Yeah>. that <laughs> and that's yeah. why when they do like the quick changes of like when they're doing a chase scene it's like yeah they can do it that quick it's yeah. just they want to like make sure that was one thing that upset me a little bit with the Transformers movies. We didn't see like the partial transformations like mm. we did in the cartoons. Cause it's like times it's like Optimus is just driving down the highway and truck form. And all of a sudden he like transforms a part of it where he reaches his arm out and scoops someone up and brings them in and tra- transforms back yeah. and keeps going. Like I you think, don't really get to see that. I think the yeah. most you see that is with Starscream. Because he kind of does, like you said, he he does the the oh, partial yeah, he does the like transform, transform where he, like breaks his speed in the air, yeah. like and then transforms back going. Well, we did see it with uh, yeah. we saw it with one of them in the first one where um he's the he's a truck and he's trying to get a tighter turn. Oh, Ironhide, it, Ironhide. Yeah. Oh yeah, he kind of sticks his foot out, yeah. right? Yeah, sticks his foot or his arm out or whatever. It slams it into a pylon or something, grabs hold yeah. and keeps going full speed just to turn. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's the only way you'll see a truck make that kind of turn. <laughs> <laughs> yep. yep. They, uh, I think they did do it 
a couple of other times when like it they were was, flying through the air and like he would. Well, it was mostly the flying aspects. Like the one with Ironhide was like the one except like the one main exception I can think of. But like flying through the air, like that would make sense. You're using that to change direction in a very quick time frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like with scooping people up or like something like that from the cartoons, you don't really see that. To the well, no, that's stuff. what I was saying is like when like they were falling off a bridge or something. I think Bumblebee did it where like well he he did the he transform, did grabbed trans- him, and then transformed back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like that that that's different. Like what I'm talking about is just a partial transformation. Yeah. Where it's like you just stick out the arm, like. The point that David brought up with Ironhide, that's the only one I can think of. Right. Okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Where they're simultaneously taking taking advantage of the fact that they are a completely mobile thing, but also, hang on, they're not just that. They're yeah. also bipedal or whatever, mm-hmm. and can kind of balance out the pros and cons of each mm-hmm. with the other. Yeah. All right, guys. So we're going to transition back into our game segment uh, where we... Do some versus robots. Um, so I have the first one here. It is Android 18 versus Johnny 5. Android 18. Android 18. Android 18. <laughs> <Yeah>. Johnny 5 <laughs> is fun, but Android No 18. disassemble. <laughs> there is no disassemble. Major input. <laughs> like any time it's an DBZ option. I'm going to select it. Let's just be real. The next one is actually kind of an interesting show off. It is Iron Giant versus the Egg Drones from Sonic. Ooh. Yeah. That could definitely be interesting. I think the only thing I would give an edge to Iron Giant for is he could pluck them out of the air and just crush crush them in his hand. But they're also, (laughs) like, they can just keep, they have a lot more range i think especially with like the some of the drones that we got to see in the second sonic movie um either whether it be lasers or missiles or whatever like he has what he has armaments that he can send out but i don't think he has armaments to the extent that just a fleet of egg drones would have necessarily Mm -hmm. so like yeah that's a tough one i i I personally think i'm gonna go with the egg drones on this one hmm yeah i would probably I don't know. I've, I've actually not seen the Sonic movies yet. So, but considering what I recall from the games, I eh, toss up. I think it is a toss up for me as well. Um, like I said, I would give it just that yeah. slight edge on on uh, Iron Giant. But I, I see where you're coming from. Um, but I think because of how armored he is, it, it would and his his angry form. <laughs> Yeah, and also like with how small the egg drones are, like they could easily get in and get vital points or get some of the drones, and he wouldn't be able to see them getting them. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, hadn't considered. Okay, Uh, yeah, yeah. You changed my mind. I'll concede. (laughs) Good, good point. All right, so I pulled out Gypsy Danger versus Android Seventeen. Ooh, ooh. Maneuverability, I'm say I feel like. Android 17 has it. It's got the maneuverability. maneuverability. It he can fly. He's super fast. He doesn't run out of energy, unlike Gypsy Danger, Danger and or the pilots. Um, the energy blasts are going to do a lot more than what. And can pierce the hole. Yeah, he can pierce the hole. He also has the energy barrier that is mostly impenetrable. Like, 
Yeah, it's definitely under the 17. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it... As awesome as I think having a mecha in the top here would be yeah android 17 all right so real real quick before we before we end that just so we can do mecca versus mecca what about uh gypsy versus iron giant iron giant is not really a mecca though or big giant oh robot fine Fine. (laughs) yes i would almost argue like optimus prime versus gypsy danger would be a more entertaining fight i think Uh, yeah agreed all right so that but one then. Just like with the weapons and like Optimus. Like with, Optimus is much got... smaller though. He is. Um, he ha- I think he has more po- more firepower, but he's only as big as a truck. Well, and he's like, he's also smarter than the two pilots. The, the two pilots. Yeah. It's like, sure, they may be in the same mindset, but I think Optimus Prime is going to have more intelligence and his weapons are geared towards robots. Well, yeah, yeah it's a giant robot. It's a robot. Yeah. <laughs> and it can just go get one of the Dinobots and add them into battle. Like, we didn't add that in there. <laughs> we also didn't remove it. So. <laughs> yeah. I love Gypsy true. Danger, but I... Yeah, I think I'm going to have to go Optimus. Though that Ion Cannon from Gypsy would be real troublesome. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I may have changed my mind with just talking about that. Actually, <laughs> well, that one takes some time to charge up, and I think Optimus could do more damage before it's fully charged. Yeah, and he's not going to stay still long enough for them to get a good hit. And since he is yep. smaller than Gypsy, and he can it fly, would be a difficult target. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Optimus, Optimus. I think so. Okay. All right. <laughs> yep. All right, well, I guess that wraps up our uh, episode, but we did want to throw out another game to you guys out at home. Uh, We're going to do the same thing we did uh, previously in the Monster uh, episode, where we grab the winners and ask you guys who you think would win in these fights. So the first one being T-Rex Zord versus Starscream, Android 18 versus Alita, and Android 17 versus Egg Drones. I think that one's a little one-sided. <laughs> also we had to us, go with the winners. So. We did. Yeah, <laughs> we did. Uh, and also let us know if there's any robots that we didn't get to in this game that you would like to see in a fight. Similar to what we did with the monsters, just give us a little bit of a, a fan battle, so to speak. Absolutely. Yep. But on that note, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. And just remember, in case of an AI uprising doesn't hurt to be polite to your uh, to your digital assistant